All right, here we go. Uh, episode five, staycurious.org podcast. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Man on the Mic. My name is Hakey, and uh, here we are. Um, we just wrapped up episode four with a very dear friend of mine, a uh, longtime friend, uh, Mr. Douglas Wickert. Uh, it was a great podcast. We talked about being a benefit corporation uh, versus a B Corp certified business uh, compared to nonprofits. Uh, I think we hit uh, most of the core topics there. Uh, haven't gotten any feedback from any of y'all because uh, we just wrapped that fucker up uh, five minutes ago. And we're sitting, starting episode five right now. Uh, and Mr. Doug Wickert is still in front of me. Um, again, longtime friend, uh, big time inspiration man, uh, and autodidact. One of my, my famous autodidacts, uh, self-directed learner. Mr. Douglas, Douglas Wickert, welcome back. I'm happy to be here, locked and loaded, ready to roll. Yes, Let's sir. get this thing going. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So a uh, uh, couple quick questions before we dive into our uh, educational history and uh, schooling experiences uh, from K-12, through college to current. Uh, what do you think about sitting here chatting with uh, this bald-headed maniac? Well, at first I was a little bit worried, but then uh, once we got rolling – you were carrying most of the conversation, so that made it a lot more enjoyable than me talking. Uh, you know, there's there's a, a lot of a lot of uh, things moving, uh, work in progress here. But uh, have you done podcasting before? Were you a big fan of podcasts, or do, and do you listen to any current podcasts now? Yeah, I listen to some podcasts. This is obviously the first one I've done, but uh, I listen to Joe Rogan a lot, and I listen to some other financial podcasts as well, and also ones about uh, gardening. Yeah, he's uh, JRE, the, one of the goats. And uh, what, what uh, if you don't mind, kind of elaborating on the financial side of things, uh, and then we'll dive in deep to the, uh, the the gardening ones. The financial podcast that you listen to, what the names of them? I don't know, or do you just uh, just uh, whatever comes up on YouTube? Basically, it's uh, vlog formats. Okay, that, yeah, okay. So that, 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 that's a great question, also. So you know, po- the people listening right now. Uh, this is only the fifth episode that we've done at here stay, at staycurious.org. Um, it is audio only, and for the uh, the imminent future, it will be audio only. Um, you know, there's a couple of factors going on in there, but uh, one of the main ones is uh, for this project, for this uh, this brand, if you will, is kind of you know kind of hone your listening skills. We uh, we understand that uh, there's a video format out there, and uh, people like that, but. Uh, Right now, this home little setup here, uh, not much to see. Got a nice view of Cleveland. We'll, we'll send some pictures. But uh, let me ask you this. When you are listening to podcasts, whether it's uh, Joe or uh, the, the, uh, the, any of them, do you prefer video or do you like the audio or, or, or does it matter? Well, in terms of uh, listening to a conversation between people, I don't necessarily need the video there. A lot of the things I like to learn about are hands-on. You know, if I want to learn how to repair a refrigerator, if I want to learn how to do things in my nursery that maybe I don't know how to do, I prefer to have a visual aid there. Okay. Uh, so, the, again, you know, the theme of this podcast, uh, you know, again, you know, just two, two dudes having curious conversations, uh, longtime friend and, uh, you know, big, big, famous, big, famous mind, big brain on this boy. Uh, but yeah, tell me about this. Uh, I know you're being in the f- in, in the farming, into the green thumbs, um, and we'll get into the, our you know our K through 12 education sector stuff later. But uh, let's let's dive into that deep. What, tell me about it. What are you using to learn? I know you have a a little bit of a history with the the green thumb, but like share. 
Well, as you know, I wasn't uh, planning on becoming a farmer, a nurseryman, or anything like that when we were growing up. I was basically a straight shot towards business my whole life, and that's what I went to school for, for finance. Um, I guess it resulted mainly of the uh, from the 2007-2008 financial crisis, where uh, breakdowns in finance were disrupting supply lines all across the world, and people were having trouble getting food. So I kind of looked at that and decided there would probably be more of that in the future. So I decided to build a plan of how I was going to combat that in case there was supply disruptions in the future by, say, like a pandemic or things of that nature that might cause problems in the future. So I started basically just gardening with uh, two raised beds that I made that were four foot by eight foot and uh, put them out there and I ordered in some soil and I had a bulldozer and uh, filled them up and grew a couple different crops. And uh, from there, I wanted to learn how to make a bunch of different more crops. And I uh, went on to YouTube, and that was one resource that I used quite a bit, uh, determining how to plant things. And luckily, there's a ton of resources out there. I also use uh, Michigan State University as a great website out there. You can learn a lot about horticultural projects. And uh, University of Maine is really good for things like raspberries and cherries. Um Clemson University. I learned a lot about hybridizing roses from them. Uh, Like I said, there's just a ton of information out there that uh, things that I wanted to learn. That's awesome, man. So as I'm listening to you and kind of seeing your kind of like animation getting like lit up about this, I got multiple questions. So I'll I'll try to keep them simple. But what was your first uh, crop or kind of uh, plant? whatever you did put in the ground to kind of grow what was it and how did it turn out did it fail or what were your uh, lessons learned if you will well the first thing i ever put into the ground was uh, i bought some tomato starts and some lettuce starts from walmart they sell them every spring up here in this area and uh they didn't do too well that's when i kind of decided to learn a little bit more Basically, I thought it was pretty easy. You just put them in there, and they uh, don't do anything, and they grow. Just water them a couple times if it gets dry. But as we, anyone who knows gardens knows, uh, that's not the case. Um, but I did uh, build a box that I let my dad uh, take over. And basically, he just went to the grocery store and bought a bunch of potatoes. And he sliced them in half, and uh, he probably threw, I don't know how many, 40 of them in a 32 square foot box and this thing was just towering over anything that I put in I had mine neatly spaced uh, spaced according to what the seed packets said to do Um, everything was labeled correctly and my stuff it did all right the first year but it it didn't do nearly what he he did so I learned a lot about uh, what nature thinks of proper spacing and putting things in lines it might be easier to get the stuff once it's uh once it comes out but kate it seems to like chaos a lot more uh that seems to be what uh, nature prefers also i think uh, from what i've learned um absolutely and i guess it makes sense because if you're uh say a tree that makes seeds or a bush that makes seeds it just goes as far as the wind carries it so if it's say a rose and it's a rose hip it doesn't land too far from where the bush already is and it's going to be a collection of seeds really close to each other so i I think 
nature prefers to grow close to each other, and that's kind of how I adjusted my spacing over the last 10 years to be more condensed. Now, the issue with that is you have to have ground that is fertilized and has all the proper nutrients in it. So if you plant more densely, then you have a problem with replacing all the nutrients. Interesting. Uh, I'm not going to fucking front. I do not know a lot about uh, the landscape and the green thumb side of things. Uh, my interests are, are kind of growing, if you will, uh, uh, with with the cannabis movement kind of making way. Um, but in terms of sustainability and kind of being able to feed myself, uh, I'm going to be effed if we ever come into that situation. So uh, make sure uh, I know where you live. I'm actually, I do know where you live. But uh, go back to your dad. I mean, this this sounds like a... Uh, a, a, a a, a great visual, uh, a great experience. You know, you very educated, very uh, systematic, organized, uh, and your dad is just like chopping potatoes that have to throw them in the ground. And, you know, having this like success, uh, number one, I picture this is where I think the Martian got their plot dialogue from, from Martin, <laughs> Matt Damon. Uh, so is, is, is that true? Was your dad a writer for the Martian? He certainly could have been. <laughs> I love potatoes, um, but uh, you know wh- what are you growing now? Uh, you know, are you is it just food and flour, or I mean, and how do you choose what you what you grow, and and do you have a capacity from just being you, you know, uh, one guy with a, a lovely lovely partner? Um, what how do you how do you select what do you want to grow? Well, typically, I try to select plants that I can harvest at different times because I work a full-time job and this is just a side gig. Um, so I have to do things that uh, are ready to be picked at different times. So what I found is my best combination is I have about 180 different rose bushes, which in the future I'm going to be hybridizing and creating new roses. And I also um, take cuttings from the roses and create new roses from them, and that's what I'm going to be selling in the nursery. Oh, so, so the the... the the, the food is sustainable for you, but the flowers and the, the, the nursery stuff is like for business. Correct. Oh, so that's is that is that kind of like your kind of long term kind of passion project, maybe entrepreneurial adventure then? Correct. It keeps me uh, creative on the weekends, gives me something to do. And then it also something for retirement after I'm done working in the Fortune 500 world. Very good. So it sounds like uh, you got your kind of like bonsai tree mr miyagi thing going on but you're doing roses yeah i'm kind of working on my cream kick right now we'll see how that comes along <laughs> but on the food side uh, probably the only crop that i sell is garlic and okay. it works out well because uh garlic kind of is ready to be picked around july 4th which i don't have to do much with the rose bushes around that time and they get planted in late october early november which i don't have very much that i need to do with the roses during that time so it works out perfectly. So those are kind of the two that I go with most heavily. But I also grow different things like peas and lettuce and uh, green beans. And I grew a lot of tomatoes. Last year we grew 35 different tomato varieties. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, most people don't even know there's that many different ones out there. But I would encourage you, uh, if you like tomatoes, branch out and go to a farmer's market because a tomato from a farmer's market is going to taste completely different than the bland stuff you get in a grocery store. Those are... Uh, genetically hybridized to uh, do well in storage. They're not really designed for flavor. Some of them might have decent flavor, like, like if you see a San Marzano or a Roma package in there. But the, just the normal ones, they have really thick skins and they're kind of mealy. 
So I would encourage you to check out a farmer's market. I, I, I you know, that I, I personally have only been to farmer's market. Uh, I, when I buy, you know, as a, as a single dude, my grocery list and grocery shopping is pretty, pretty simple. Um, basically, I eat like an eight-year-old uh, unsupervised child. But I, I eat organic for the most part. But your, your comment about the tomato and seeing the farmer's market stuff is, is really interesting. Because, again, being in San Diego, having the weather, I, I saw the most beautiful produce and vegetables out there. Um, and I know Ohio and other cities and states and, and other parts of the country have these markets. And it, it is, it is uh, a beautiful experience to see. Um, on a kind of a, a side question about the tomatoes, because, like, I know – you know, with everybody being quarantined, people are looking for passion projects, looking for something to cure their boredom, looking to something to do, looking for something after retirement. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the resources that are out there that you used. Um, but I, what's going on? I see these uh, vertical integration tomato plants that you just basically hang. Have you, have you ever experienced those? I know that you can't do that on scale, but like what? How does that work? It's a hydroponic thing or what? Well, there are hydroponic ones. There's also people that uh, grow the tomatoes upside down, like in a container. That's what it was, an upside down tomato plant. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. It's just uh, you're taking advantage of space. You can put things up in the air so you can walk under them, but then you have the tomato plants coming down, and it just makes it easier to pick, and it's more difficult for things like squirrels to ruin your crop. Yeah, I, I hear Ohio has a lot of those. <laughs> Indeed, big fat ones. They'll, oh. they'll, they'll destroy anything in the area. Um, but you can also make use of vertical space going straight upward. Like I switched all mine to a single trellis. Basically, I put in T-posts into the ground, and I put in an inch and a quarter PVC piping bar on the top that are like six foot in the air, and I hang a string underneath it. And then I can trellis up the tomato plants that way so I can – in a 32-square-foot box, I can put 16 or 17 plants in one box, so I get a bunch of different variety. Whereas if you just use tomato cages or something, you could only fit six or eight plants in there. Interesting, interesting. If you had a, uh, if you had uh, the time, obviously you, you, you got bills to pay like we all do, um, but if you had time, you weren't working your Fortune 500 gig and kind of doing the, the Monday through Friday grind, you know, w w would you dive in head first? to this would this be your backup plan if 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 you woke up and someone said hey you cannot go to to your job uh you got to be create something new um how would you reinvent yourself yeah i think that's definitely the direction i would go uh since i've invested all this time and getting the knowledge like say my quarantine project this year was learning teaching myself how to graft apple trees learning about all the different rootstocks and then uh securing scions to be able to create new apple trees interesting so <clears throat> what would be if again time time aside well i mean we we talked earlier before offline about uh you know 2020 being a, a complete uh bizarre alternate universe so i mean we're here uh you know you've been blessed been humbled like you got the 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 uh, a fortunate industry that you work for but let me ask you this you have the time uh, the resources, time and money, are, are the two ultimate resources that we're talking about here. What would you want to grow? Like tomorrow morning, you're you're flush. You're you you got your house. You're going to be okay. What do you grow? Well, I enjoy a wide variety of things. Variety is the spice of life, after all. Um, my number one go-to is roses. I have uh, grandparents that are famous in the area for growing roses. They used to travel around the country as uh, 
Rose Judges. Really? Yep. I did not know that. 20 plus years. What? What is the name? Tell me more. I did not know this. Yeah, my uh, grandparents were part of the Cleveland Rose Society, and they also founded the Northeastern Ohio Rose Society, which is located in the hometown of Madison. And they used to have like 200 or 300 different rose varieties um, on their landscape. And they used to travel around the country to rose shows, showing off their roses. And uh, they were also approved ARS, American Rose Society judges. And they uh, travel around the country viewing other people's roses and judging them. No kidding. Yeah. That is amazing. I never knew that. I knew I knew you the, the rose aspect was in your life. Uh, but, I did, dude, that is first time hearing that. And then, as you know, my other grandparents grew grapes probably yeah. for for 40 plus years so um it's definitely in my blood interesting and to follow up on your earlier question i guess some of the other things i would grow i which i already have are spirea hydrangea i like the bright flowers and uh the scent um apple trees um let's see what else i have here i'd have raspberries blueberries Honeyberries, and is, is this all something that you do by yourself? Yeah, this is definitely all stuff that I do by myself. Um, again, I just do it on the weekends or when I come home from work. Okay, I gotta ask. I gotta ask. Um, is that Pac-Man? That's a good question. I think it's just a, a random Samsung thing. Awesome, awesome. Follow-up question. So, um, you know, we'll. we'll, we'll cannabis just for my own carnal knowledge i'm pro cannabis uh i'm here for the lead you know the next wave of it uh cash crop all this agricultural stuff it, it it could be used you know coming from california being in colorado you know there are successful models here but industrial hemp cannabis what do you know anything about growing it do you know anything about experience growing it if you if it would became illegal federally you know the the the, the government is actually getting ready to gr- uh, vote on the more act which they're going to federally like decriminalize it um, and I don't know if that includes industrial hemp or not um, but the government side of it out government component aside would you grow it outside of the the the, 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 the government side of things well, I likely wouldn't grow it because I don't have the knowledge of the project, product. If I was able to easily find information on it and if my land was suitable, I, I might take a look at it. Um, from my knowledge of it, it seems like it's something that's less destructive to the environment as, say, a cotton crop or uh, some of the other fibers that we use in clothing or rope or things like that. So obviously I'd be in favor of it, and I'm in favor of anything that expands freedoms for citizens. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I I actually don't know. I you know I I got a, one or two friends that are in the in the in the culture from the cannabis side, but I don't know in terms of the industrial hemp. But everything that I do know of the industrial hemp, it is you know one of those cash crops that could be you know used and planted here. A lot of people could do it. It's a very versatile product. Um, but again, um, don't know anything about the uh, you know the I'm not informed about growing it, but, you know, my curiosity is piqued. Um, and so let me that, that goes into my next question. You know, you mentioned these resources that you use to educate yourself, you know, with Michigan and uh, what was it, Purdue or? Uh, Michigan State, University of Maine have good ones, Clemson. Now, are, are these are all free online kind of uh, kind of like resources and how, how, how do they operate? Do you have to join a, their little club or like, tell me how, how the interface works? I know basically you just can go on any any internet search and type in what you want to know. Like 
University of Maine has a really good site with information on things like raspberries, which I put in raspberry plots around the area. Um, so if I just type in University of Maine raspberries, an entire site will come up. It'll be free. Uh, you don't have to join anything or click on anything special. And they also have YouTube videos that show you how to do the things. And it, they have stuff on, like, irrigation in there that's really nice. Interesting. Um, so that's a great segue. You know, you got your little uh, passion project, uh, you know, kind of uh, kind of passions, if you will, with uh, the green thumb here. But let's kind of touch base on that. You know, like, that that stuff wasn't taught in school, per se. You know, when you and I were uh, – we graduated in 1997 to date ourselves. We're a bunch of 40-plus-year-old – you know, human meat sacks here, but uh, we made it. We're healthy-ish. Uh, and outside of that, though, I mean, K-12 through compulsory schooling didn't do that. Um, let's chat about that. I mean, how you have a history of it, you have family that's involved, but outside of your higher education with the finance world and kind of like the schooling, if you will, this education and this knowledge that you have with the green side, what are you – like? What inspired you? What do you think the, the the problem was or the challenge was about learning that about that stuff back in, you know, K, you know, when we were in high school versus compared to now? I mean, I know that's an open ended question, but, it, you know, it, it, we're not we're not trying to kind of solve the world. You know, there is no silver bullet for education here. Yeah, I would say to address the last part of your question, I kind of view K through 12 role is to teach people how to learn. Um, rather than right now we kind of have people sitting in classrooms for 50 minutes, a bell rings, they go out in the hall for three minutes, and then they walk to another classroom where a bell rings and tells, tells them there's, they start again. And they sit there and listen to somebody lecture them for a while. I don't know if that's necessarily the best way to learn. I feel uh, being in the K-12 through system, the, things I, the ways I learned the best were through sports, traveling around, meeting different people, uh, through football and wrestling and baseball, we got to travel all around Northeast Ohio, see different things. Uh, wrestling, we actually took a trip to Florida our sophomore and senior years. I probably learned more than that than uh, anything else that senior year. Um, Not You didn't learn more than Bill Mayer, though. That's for damn sure. No, no one could have learned more than him. He's the uh, footsie champ. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think – those are the kind of experiences we should be uh, looking to give kids nowadays. You know, and it, it's tough, though, you know, because, I mean, uh, you know, the, the, the education world is totally different from you and I went. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just different. You know, it is becoming more of a process, kind of like a, a, a system, if you will, like, and, and hence schooling versus education. Um, and you and I, t you know, talked multiple times about this, about schooling versus education and, uh, you know, the current landscape, you know, our, I think our generation, we're Gen X, uh, we're the last generation uh, to kind of have a childhood without the technology. And, you know, I love the technology. I'm a gram fiend. I, that is my, that is my, uh, you know, kind of like time killer, you know. Um, and, but I, I'm seeing all of this, you know, from starting this company, starting this brand, you know, trying to use this tool as a, uh, you know, as a resource to kind of, I'm not going to come create content here, like original, but I want to be able to aggregate it, like find someone, uh, build a community of, Hey, you like roses, talk to me, like go directly. And I think that's a part of the education world. That's interesting. Um, because it, it is ripe for disruption. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, kids in school are like overwhelmed. 
you know, they, they are, they are stuck in this system, you know, I mean, and we can go into leadership, we can go into home environment, community versus network, but, you know, with what you are viewing observationally, you know, what, what's your take on this? I mean, do you think it's going to change with this pandemic being at home and people being, you know, behind screens more and having the opportunity to self-direct learn? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think it'll change until we change what we're what our goals are as a society. Um, a lot of it's going to start at home, and having both parents at home is a big factor. I think you could see from most of our friends or people growing up that it's beneficial to have both a dad and a mom in the household. Yeah, it's, uh, a, whether, it's tough though with a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, kind of uh, I don't even know what the right term is. Um, inequality, you know, the, 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 the cost, the, you know, different poverty-based areas. I mean, unfortunately, the reality is, you know, yeah, we were very fortunate. Um, but when you look at, like, the, the school systems, I have a, a very dear friend of mine that's uh, down in Charlotte. She's teaching at a, a, a kind of a poverty-based school, but, you know, she's legitimately the Michelle Pfeiffer of education. And there's I've met a lot of teachers in San Diego that feel the same way. It's like, you know, they, they express this idea, this idealistic world. It's like you got to have both parents there. You got to have, you know, the resources. And, you know, that's great in a real world or, a, a you know, a fantasy world. But the reality we are having, I mean, most parents are divorced. You know, uh, there's a lot of kind of like split families that are the kids are being bounced in between families and mom and dads or absentee moms or no dads or, you know, whatever the, the circumstances. And unfortunately, you know, where the, you know, where I'm inspired, with this brand and kind of build this community is, you know, to kind of be that missing inspiration, you know, find people that with like-minded minds or people that challenge you, support you, you know, and again, community, uh, a community of the curious, if you will. Um, <clears throat> there's a difference though between community and networking. And again, that's another one, but uh, you know, what else do you see? Well, that was going to lead to be into my next point was going to be, if you have households that don't have that dynamic, somebody needs to step in and act as, say, a big brother or big sister, which would be a great program. Um, if you meet people who are in unfortunate circumstances, maybe share your passion with them. Um, sharing that passion might spark some kind of interest or curiosity in this case yeah. uh, to look at maybe what you're doing. Maybe they want to emulate what you're doing. Yeah, you know that, that again. Uh, that's the the long term uh, vision with this is 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 to do that. Like I don't have the the technical knowledge or the uh, the brain power to kind of build this community out outright. You know, I am trying to dive into the, the, this is the education world, um, but I don't. I want to take the stigma out of schooling. I want to kind of like reduce schooling, get it out of the way. It's an education. I mean. I look at education um, as a whirlpool. Uh, it has a definitive form. It has a very definitive form. When you and I talk about a whirlpool, it is, you know what I'm talking about, but it's constantly in motion, you know, and that water is never in the same place at the same time. It's not just stagnant. It's in motion. And I think that's what your education is. And I think that's what is really difficult for, you know, kids is because they're at such an impressionable age. They got a lot of emotional stuff going on, stuff at the home, stuff at school. Some of these kids, some kids, you know, are the breadwinner. You know, they're taking care of mom or taking care of dad or siblings, you know, doing, you know, extra jobs or whatever. And, you know, and that, that's another topic. But, you know, that's something in terms of education 
where I, I firmly believe in is that, like you said, passionate, supportive, leadership. You know, these are terms that we throw around loosely, but I think people have lost, uh, you know, really what those terms mean to them. You know, it's like, you know, I was reading this article earlier about uh, leadership in schools and like this principal was talking about how he used to be, um, you know, every day morning watching watching kids come in and like he had this visual representation of what a leader was he made sure he had a press shirt on a collar you know a tie and clean cut hair and you know welcoming the kids and that was important uh to see that type of leadership that visual leadership but now here we are everyone's looking at screens whether it's your phone or your laptop or youtube or your tv how do you how do you gauge how do you instill leadership virtually I mean, that's a whole nother can of worms, you know? Well, I think rather than uh, having a visual representation of it, I think the kids, just like if you're playing sports, you need to have a coach that cares. And even if you're learning virtually, you can still have people in your life that care. And I think that is the the main thing that helps kids out, keeps them focused, um, makes them want to learn, makes them want to do well. It's being part of a community because you know you're going to let somebody down if you screw up yeah absolutely you know unfortunately there is no silver bullet here uh for the education challenges that we have you know education inequality is a real thing uh, there is no one-time fix-all thing you know no brand no uh no government no no politician is going to work at it or, or or solve it you know this, this we, you would you turned me on to john taylor god a while ago um it is it starts at home, you know. Unfortunately, it starts at home, and I don't mean what the the home that you sleep in or where you rest your head. And this this isn't to focus on K through twelve. I mean, I know a lot of people that have college educations, masterates, JDs, and you know, emotionally they're just not there. So I mean, this is the part of the education. We're not trying to collect certs here. And the whole point, what I'm trying to make I, with this moment, I guess, is, you know. It's building that community of people to talk to. Like you and I can sit down, have differences of opinion. You use X, Y, Z resources. I use A, B, C resources. But we can have an understanding, and we support that. It's like you're a green thumb. You got roses. That's awesome. I would love to come out and see these roses. I don't know if you have an online forum or you know, kind of a a, a visual representation of it. But that's a way to to gain inspiration. You know, me. You know, I dive into Alan Watts, the philosophers, the you know, the dialectic thinkers, John Taylor Gatto's, but my curiosity isn't limited to, you know, establishing my confirmation bias of whatever I think of a topic. I'm, I want to see both sides. And I think that is a, you know, a, a perspective that is, is, is not being taught. And I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know, uh, n nothing I do really makes sense anymore, so. Yeah, unfortunately, it seems society is being herded into teams where if you're on one team, you can't associate with the other team. Everything's about some kind of win, but uh, it equals out to a loss for society as far as I'm concerned. If you're not figuring out what their viewpoint is or what how they're looking at problems. It, oh, that, that that's great because like uh, you know, there's there's this uh, there's this kind of th kind of society building momentum idea of as soon as you draw a line in the sand like they're the enemy and you know i i i giggle at that because it, okay yes sure if you're going to talk about politics and religion and you know and certain taboo topics or whatever like yes i understand i can respect them they're they're uh you know kind of 
since not sincerity. What what the fuck am I looking for here? Their their closest. What it means per- personal. Personal. Okay. Um, but what I don't understand is like not everything has to be like enemy driven. Like I have a book over here. Um, it's called uh, Finite versus Infinite Games, and it talks about there's two. There's typically two types of games. There's people that play to play, which is an infinite player or an infinite game, or there's people to play to win. And the people that play to win, I'm paraphrasing this, are they have to agree to rules. They have to agree to anything. There's a determined winner, and that determined winner is based off of the the loser. They're like, yeah, we played in, uh, like at football, there's four quarters, 15 minutes long. The score is done. At the end of 15 minutes or at the end of four quarters, yep, we didn't score enough points. We lose, and they leave. That's a finite game. And with education, though, education isn't a finite thing. You can't win at education. Yeah, I think the issue is we're trying to create a problem that fits or a solution that fits every single kid when every kid doesn't have the same brain structure. Like growing up, I didn't realize how much different my brain is than, say, anyone else. Like mine? Yes, that's exactly (laughs) where I was going. My brain is like completely 100% rational where it's very low on empathy. Whereas I talk to somebody like you, you have, uh, you're good with the arts. You can understand people. You, you're a lot more empathetic than I am. Um, so I think just having a one-stop solution for everybody, which is government education really doesn't help anybody. But again, we have to have a, an educated workforce to be able to do whatever in the future. Uh, so it's a tough conundrum. It is. It is. Um, you know, again, I I kind of get like I could sit here and, you know, we're coming up on a few minutes to kind of hopefully kind of make this a clean one. Um, but that is something that I, I, I do think about a lot because, you know, I look at, you know, the, the, the current education system, you know, from an observer. You know, I, I, I don't have children in the system. Uh, I don't have any children that I know of. Um, and so it's it's a, it's an interesting, you know, topic for me to review to learn about but kind of be an outsider but be involved in you know like i hope uh you know we, our, our dear friend bill you know he's a, he's an educator he's a professional i would love to have him on talk about it in depth you know talk about our our shenanigans but talk about get his perspective on you know education and whatnot um but what's interesting with the current situation you know i was talking to my brother last night dude he has a six-year-old little dude carter Carter, if you're listening or if you're going to listen, you know, in the upcoming future, I love you, buddy. Um, but he, he's he's my dude, you know. I'm cool Uncle Boo. He is one of my favorite little men, but, like, I don't see him. But my brother's telling me yesterday, dude, he is on Zoom meetings five hours a day for kindergarten. He's a kindergartner on Zoom meetings. And so that is the current that's the current education system. And I mean, is uh, my question, and I, I, I hopefully it doesn't to piss people off, but it's like, what are your, uh, what are these other parents thinking about this? Are like, are they learning? Is this what, what's going on here? What is your ex- their experiences? You know, it's insane. This is the current landscape. Yeah, from what I remember about kindergarten, it was mostly about socializing with other kids and uh, taking naps, um, kind of making sure you play nice with others before you go further on and uh, start learning arithmetic and writing and all that good stuff. Uh, basically, you should be learning the letter people and having fun and singing. So I'm sure right now our kindergarten teachers are having a real rough time out there. 
Yeah. Uh, again, the, the handful of teachers that I've met and, and kind of like, I, you know, this is the part of the, the social media aspect of things and the, the connection, if you will. Like I've had the fortunate uh, experience of talking to a lot of teachers I've never personally met. Uh, but with this this brand, this this idea, uh, you know, it, it is it's kind of moving in the right right direction, I feel. But I, again, like you said, there is no one there isn't a silver bullet for education. And I think this is a part where, you know, it doesn't matter what. Um, you know, left or right, Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter who, what government is involved, you know, throwing more money at the education system is not going to fucking solve the problem. You know, I do, I do believe passionately that, you know, the, the challenge um, is with the student, you know, you cannot throw money at a student and be like, here, you can't give them an iPad and say, here's all these resources, go get it. If they're not inspired if they don't have the desire and they don't have a connection with either mentorship, leadership, or a source of motivating them to learn, whether it's about hip-hop, whether it's about the arts, philosophy, gardening, if they don't have that type of inspiration like internally, it's going to be a challenge. And I think you know, this is where this project is, is dear to me, and you know, I, I do want to inspire that. You know? I mean, there's a lot of information out there. You got to pick and choose it. You know, I read a quote. I, I don't know if it's an Instagram quote or who fuck said it, but, you know, you can do anything you want, but you can't do everything. And I feel that like that way with education. I mean, you can learn anything you want, but you're not going to no, no one's a know it all, you know? Yeah, exactly. Start with yourself is a, definitely a great message. Um, just you doing things to move your life forward, especially if you're somebody who has dealt with uh, maybe you've made mistakes in the past. You moving forward is inspiring to other people. It's important for other people to see an example of somebody who can get knocked down, get back up again. And especially our entire country loves somebody that uh, has taken a couple shots and getting back up again. That's the kind of success stories we love. Look at Rocky. Yeah, Rocky. Uh, look, uh, yeah, the new version is Creed. Uh, I, I, did you see Creed? I did. What did you think? I love all those movies, so they're they're all great. Who'd win uh, 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 in a fight, uh, uh, Sylvester or Arnold? Uh, I'd probably take um, – I'd have to take Arnold because he has a longer reach. Sylvester's kind of a smaller guy. He's scrappy, though. He is scrappy. And he can get his ass whooped and get it back up. Yeah, but did you see uh, the arm wrestling and Predator between Arnold and uh, Carl Weathers? Uh, I did not. I did not. I did not. I just, I just remember the backwards cap, and that was it. <laughs> Get to the chopper. <laughs> so, uh, you know, again, the education thing, you know, you know, I, I, I guess if you were to like look back at your high school career, I mean, uh, versus college, what what do you think? I mean, it, was it worth it? I mean, would you change anything do you, if you could go back and tell your future self anything about the, the, the tools and resources that you had then compared to now? Would you change anything? What would you tell yourself? I'm not somebody that likes to think about changing things. I Every decision I've made in my life brought me to the point that I am now. So if I'd have gone about changing things, maybe I would have a different life now. I kind of enjoy who I am and what I do. So you got a good life, my friend. I do indeed. I'm blessed. Yes, yeah. You, I, uh, like I said, 20 years plus, and it's it's great to see you here and smiling and and, and successful and learning, dude. That's the that's the biggest thing that I could again tell you, man. It's like. The autodactic, the autodactism aspect of you, I don't know where you got it from. You know, we, we, we bust balls about our, our, our high school and, and, and college classes, but your ability to kind of be this kind of 
subject matter expert on something that you weren't that you found on yourself is is inspiring and, and, and for those that are listening you know yeah self-directed learning um self-learner life learner yes that that's the direction what we're going um but uh, for those that do not know autodactism um is kind of like a uh, you know, you're self-learning, but you're kind of diving deep, if you will. You know, it's kind of like uh, picking a subject matter and kind of just jumping in, buying a, a, a textbook. Um, and it, to use a fitness analogy, I mean, you know, everyone likes to eat healthy, kind of get motivated, go walk or whatever. But the difference between autodactism and, you know, someone that's a life learner, life learner has your general curiosity. Autodactism is picking a subject and diving deep, kind of like a fitness guy is like becoming a professional bodybuilder. You get into the nutrients aspect of things, the training regimen, how your body heals. You become a subject matter expert on your own without having to pay, you know, a premium for that information and that knowledge. And I think that's important now because, you know, you mentioned the resources with your green thumb and the farming and whatnot um, and, 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 and the roses and whatnot. And there are a ton of informations out, you know, a ton of information and resources. I will say this from personal experience. It's overwhelming of the amount of information out there. There is. There's information on everything under the sun under there out there. But just pick something you want to learn about. You can go put on Google or DuckDuckGo and pick any subject you want. Uh, the internet doesn't doesn't have to be uh, cat pictures and stalking your old ex girlfriends. I know, but I mean it's so much fun. It's so much fun. It is indeed. I guess if you like a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean train wrecks. That that's the next episode. That's that's my life is a train wreck. I guess. But um, anyways, uh, before we go, bud, again, second episode with you. Hope to have many more here. You got any kind of last-minute tidbits about education. I know we, we're getting better at it. Practice makes perfect. But uh, what do you think so far? Podcasting, being here, uh, education. You got any episodes that we should do next? Well, I, I like your episode idea with Bill, and I would talk to him about how he connects with kids and uh, what he's doing to show kids he cares when he's in school. I know following him on Facebook, he's doing a lot, lot of extra work that – maybe people didn't do when we were in school and uh i like to follow him and see how well he's doing he's very successful he is he's he is a very successful man uh you know he he's uh hopefully he'll get on here and uh we'll we'll keep it keep him contained no caffeine uh guys guys a loose cannon after you give him a five-hour energy he's like road runner you know bb he's 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 crazy but uh in terms of his success in the education world uh yeah i mean i remember seeing him out in uh when I was out in San Diego, he, he was in Arizona or somewhere for a little bit. He stopped by. We went golfing. But the dude just, I mean, I don't even know if he sleeps. I don't think he does. Yeah, he's nonstop ball of energy. Like, nonstop, dude. Like, I get, like, I mean, between the supporting his family, supporting the students, the, the guy's just nonstop. I get tired just watching his photos of all the different places he goes and then visiting all his kids' uh sporting events and doing all the family things plus being involved in all the school functions he's at like every football game or wrestling matches i know i saw i saw him at a game in madison one time on facebook he was like uh you know he was like posting pictures from madison and like two minutes later he was like in perry and i was like dude are you teleporting like what is going on here yep he uh, he certainly has a love for life he, he has like that michael myers effect he just appears yeah i wish i had that kind of energy oh man it, it, and that's the type of energy, that's the type of passion that we need to like, kind of like promote, you know, and it's not just for kids. 
Uh, it's not through K through 12. We don't want to compartmentalize it here at this project. Uh, it's everyone. You know, if you're 50, 60, 40, who cares? You know, take take a passion, you know. Uh, and not to be bleak, you know, it's going to go night-night sometime. And uh, you want to live every day, uh, you know, passionately and uh, create something every day. That's the goal here is to inspire that. So No um, reason to keep waiting. Uh, all those fears that you have inside you, don't let them take over. The once you make the first step, that's always the toughest. So just make sure you keep moving forward. If you want something, go get it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, momentum is huge. Uh, starting is huge. And, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, I, you know, it's perhaps crass to say this on a closing moment, but, uh, you know, they say procrastination is like masturbation. Uh, you just end up fucking yourself in at the end. So, you know, for anybody out there, students, adults, parents, uh, kids, I, you know, if you're listening to this and you've made it this far, thank you. Uh, episode five in the books, uh, longtime friend Doug Wickert, thank you. Thank you. My pleasure it, to be out here. It's been a pleasure. Uh, we'll have to sketch this out and kind of get some more episodes going. Um, and any, anybody out there listening, thank you uh, again. Please, 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 if you made it this far, you've stumbled across this, uh, we are learning as we go to how to get this out there to more ears and, and, and more bodies. Um, we appreciate you listening. Uh, this project is solely sole-sourced. It's, it's being brought to you by myself uh, with resources that I have and, and fortunate to have and, and kind of just a desire to kind of create something for everybody. Um, you know, please check out the website, www.staycurious.org. Uh, drop us a line, DM us, find us on uh, uh, any of the social medias that you can. Just find us. Um, it's one word, stay curious. You don't have to Google it, too. If you put it together and make it a verb, you'll find us. So as long as you're living, living in the verb life, uh, that'll be good for us, and you'll find us. We'll connect, and uh, we'll, we will get back to you. A human will, will re reach out. Um, there is no automated responses here. Um, so, yeah, give us time participate help build a brand engage your brain and uh until next time um we appreciate you listening and uh again stay curious ciao